The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. If you don't believe that what you see and read from our news outlets is fake, consider what is happening tonight in Brazil. So thanks to what was very clearly a rigged election, a convicted criminal called Lula da Silva is now the president of the most important country in South America. Millions of people in Brazil understand exactly what happened. They know that their democracy has been hijacked possibly forever. But there's not much they can do about that. Lula may be a criminal, in fact he is, but he has the full support of both the Biden administration and the Chinese government. So yesterday, in frustration, a group of Brazilian protesters swarmed their legislature. Lula the, the criminal, says, says Tucker, and he's right, a convicted felon turned Marxist president now of Brazil. And he has the full support of the Biden administration and the CCP, the, C, the communist government of China. And on top of that, as Tucker brings out, it was the, the election itself in Brazil, it was clearly rigged, a rigged election. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing audience. You can get to our uh, program through our website. That would be thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live, and you get to the live stream of this show, the video stream of this show, every weekday morning at 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. Of course, we have viewers tuning in from all over the world, not just for the live stream, but also they uh, download these programs or have them loaded to their devices. Uh, you can get to all of that, as I say, through the website, thetrumpet.com. So, Tucker, there, you, you wish he would just take it a step further, connect all of the dots. It's, it's just becoming so much clearer with each passing day. Here is this communist, this Marxist government that got in fraudulently in Brazil, and it enjoys the full support of the United States government. You know, you know there's foul play when the Biden people, Joe Bama that would be, when they rush forward and say, hey, hey, everything here was perfect. We've heard that before, haven't we? It was just perfect. I mean, we stand for democracy in Brazil. Jake Sullivan, he says, the freely elected leader of Brazil. He's freely elected. Look, we've got to support him. These protesters, it, I mean, it's a lot like that Trump protest on January 6th. That's scary. That's frightening. And so here comes the communist government in Brazil lowering the boom on the protesters. Something like 1,500 are already in jail. The, the hard crackdown using the protest, using the violence as a pretext to crack down on the populace. Here again, we've seen that before here in the United States. Biden issued this statement after Lula's fraudulent victory. He said that the, I send my congratulations to Lula da Silva, 
on his election to be the next president of Brazil following free, fair, and credible elections. Even credible. Wow. Free and fair and also credible. Nothing to see here. Nothing to worry about here. Everything was just perfect. Just like they said after the 2020 presidential election. Listen to this bit from Steve Bannon the other day, clip 20. Got to start in Brazil with the Bolsonaros and the fight for freedom and the fight for sovereignty. The criminal uh, Lula, the international criminal Lula, the partner of the Chinese Communist Party, is on the cusp with the aid and assistance of the United States government and national security apparatus who brag about, you know, CIA going down there in the summer. They, they brag about their meddling abroad. Who can forget John Bolton? I mean, he's no longer in government. But he bragged about orchestrating coup d'etats. They love meddling. If it puts a government in that they favor, the CIA, I mean, they will unleash the, the national security apparatus of the deep state, the administrative state. They use it abroad and they use it at home, as we now know. The Washington Post, this was just from yesterday, quite, quite the revelation coming from the Washington Post, particularly when you think about what the Washington Post was reporting six years ago. I'll just take you through a little bit of history here as quickly as I can. But it says here, Russian influence operations on Twitter in the 2016 presidential election reached relatively few users. Well, that's an interesting take. After all these years, most of whom were highly partisan Republicans, and the Russian accounts had no measurable impact in changing minds or influencing voter behavior. The, the Russian accounts, you know, the bots, we were told in 2016 and 17 that without Russia, Donald Trump wouldn't have won the, the election. Here it says the Russian accounts had no measurable impact in changing minds or influencing voter behavior, according to a study out this morning. This study, which the New York University Center for Social Media and Politics helmed, explores the limits of what Russian disinformation and misinformation was able to achieve on one major social media platform in the 2016 elections. And then it quotes this guy. My personal sense coming out of this is that this got way overhyped. It was way overhyped. That's, that's from Josh Tucker, one of the report's authors. It really had no measurable effect on the election. It was overhyped. And guess who overhyped it? Well, the Washington Post, among others. But the Washington Post and the New York Times and Barack Hussein Obama. Obama's the one who orchestrated it. Obama's the one who created the hoax. Now, most people, most, pe most rational thinking observers knew that it had no measurable impact. But when Obama unleashed the deep state on Donald Trump, this was the premise, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. So he has that January 6, 2017 intelligence assessment on Russian interference, those outgoing meetings with Comey, with Brennan, with Susan Rice, and, of course, with Donald Trump, the big, the big setup coming from Jim Comey. 
as they lied to Trump and said, you're, you know, you're not under investigation here, but hey, there's Russian meddling, there's Russian interference, and so we've got to continue on with some of these investigations, even into your presidency. And of course, behind the scenes, they were securing FISA warrants so that they could spy on Donald Trump. And then Jim Comey, he was stealing classified documents so that he could set up Trump and make sure that there was some kind of a special counsel investigation. And he got that a few months later, Bob Mueller. And it went on for years. And they were interfering, not just with the 2016 election, they were interfering with the entire presidency of Donald John Trump. Now we know so much more. Because six years on, well, six years on, the Washington Post itself is even admitting there's no truth to it. Everything that we were reporting about Trump, Russia, or Russian interference, there's no truth to it. No measurable effect. Overhyped. The Twitter files have revealed that this was needed, though. Obama had to amplify this Russian interference story because he used it not only to spy on and to harass Donald Trump and to trigger that special counsel investigation, but also to gain total control of big tech. Yeah, I read that Lee Smith article to you the other day. How that Obama, he's traveling abroad late 2016. He sees Zuckerberg and says, hey, this Russian interference, you guys got to be on guard. You don't want to be guilty of spreading disinformation. And then think about what we know with respect to Twitter and all of the interactions going on between Twitter officials, many of them from the deep state previously, and just the back and forth as the government says, hey, censor this one, blot this one out, amplify this, amplify the hoax, amplify Russian interference. And Big Tech was happy to oblige. Obama unleashed this attack. He had, he had thoroughly weaponized all of these alphabet agencies, and he unleashed the attack following the unbelievable victory of Donald Trump in November of 2016. Before that presidential election, though, you listen to Barack Obama. This is from October 18th, again, just a few weeks before the 2016 election. Listen to Obama, clip seven. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even you could even rig America's elections. There's no evidence that that has happened in the past or that there are instances in which that will happen this time. No way that anything like that could happen because it's in the bag. Hillary's got it locked up. And so there he was, an angel of light. Look, everything's secure. You don't have to worry about anything with this election. And then as soon as Donald Trump won, guess who changed his tune? On a dime! That intelligence assessment started coming out in early December, culminating in those meetings in early January 2017. This is a headline from the Washington Post, December 9th, 2016. The same post that just yesterday admitted, yeah, that that was all overhyped. Yeah, that had no measurable impact. 
The Washington Post, December 9th, 2016. Secret CIA assessment says Russia was trying to help Trump win the White House. So this was coming from Obama. The, the CIA, Obama, Brennan and company, all of them, they were creating this hoax out of thin air. And then the Washington Post and then the New York Times, they were quite happy to pick it, pick it up and run with it. Then they had the Steele dossier working in the background as well. None of that, none of that was verified. Even the press drug its feet in, in, in actually latching onto it. But it was all connected to the, the Russian interference assessment. A secret CIA assessment. This, uh, this period, this time period, the, the Post, the Washington Post published several articles alleging that Russia interfered in the 2016 election in order to get President Trump uh, elected. And so you read these articles in the Post at the time, you have all of these anonymous officials. They're, they're establishing this hoax because they needed it. They needed it as a pretext to attack Donald Trump, to spy on Trump, to take over big tech, to control, to control everything, basic, to control the flow of information. The first line of the, the dossier, the dirty dossier, Russian regime has been cultivating, supporting, and assisting Trump for at least five years. They lied from the very beginning. But what I want you to wrap your mind around today is how much was propped up on top of the, the big lie. The, the communists love to talk about the big lie of election denial. It started with them. As soon as he won in 2016, Trump, they all became election deniers. And then they created this hoax. The Russian regime's been cultivating, supporting, and assisting Trump for five years. This is from the article in the Washington Post, the secret CIA assessment. It says here, the CIA has concluded in a secret assessment that Russia intervened in the 2016 election to help Donald Trump win the presidency rather than just undermine confidence in the U.S. electoral system. So they were advancing it to the point before they just tried to undermine confidence. They just wanted you to question. But now, says the CIA, Obama CIA, and the Washington Post. No, no. No, it wasn't just to undermine the, the credibility of it all. They actually ensured that Donald Trump won. They actually helped get Donald Trump past the finish line. That's the Washington Post six years ago. It says here, it is the assessment of, of the intelligence community that Russia's goal here was to favor one candidate over the other to help Trump get elected, said a senior U.S. official briefed on an intelligence presentation made to U.S. senators. That's the consensus view. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees that Russia rigged the election. This, this makes what they say today especially rich, doesn't it? When they say, uh, who are you to say the 2020 election was fraudulent? Or Brazil, for that matter. Everything was perfect there. Everything was perfect in 2020. Everything's perfect in Arizona a few months ago. But this, they were singing a different tune, that's for sure. December 9th, 
This assessment comes out, again, this is December 9, 2016. Obama orders this full review of Russian election hacking. There was the stuff going on between Flynn and Sisliak. They were tapping into those conversations. Obama, he punished those, uh, those uh, ambassadors or those Russian diplomats, if you remember. I think it was 25 or 30. They're just creating this story out of nothing so that they could go after Trump, so that they could attack their political enemies here at home. The New York Times, this is from December 10, truth and lies in the age of Trump. It says here, for Trump, facts aren't the point. Trust is. Like any autocrat, he wins his followers' trust, let's call it blind trust, by lying so often and so brazenly that millions of people give up on trying to distinguish truth from falsehood. (laughs) Trump had just won 65 million votes. And these people were so obsessed in their Trump derangement syndrome that they're panicking. They're in full-scale panic mode at this moment in time. Early December 2016. This is a headline from the New York Times, the editorial board. December 11, 2016. Russia's hand in America's election. And keep in mind, the Washington Post this week is admitting that there was no truth to the story. But here it is. It's coming out every day. December 9, December 10, December 11, 2016. Here's the editorial board of the New York Times saying Russia's hand in America's election. The the editorial board evidently had slipped into a state of election denialism. It says here, in Mr. Trump, the Russians had reason to see a malleable political novice, one who had surrounded himself with Kremlin lackeys. At the urging of Democratic lawmakers, President Obama has asked the Director of National Intelligence to conduct a full review of Russia's hidden hand in the election, the White House announced Friday. The inquiry which is to be completed before Mr. Trump is sworn in on January 20, is an important, if belated, step. It's so important that we get this in motion. And it's got to be complete before the inauguration, because the assessment, once it's final, then we've got what we need to promote the dossier, to tell a judge in a court that we need to tap into some phones, because we've got Russian, we've got Russian operatives meddling, not just in the election, but in the Trump presidency. He's been, a, he's been a Russian lackey for five years. You see how it was all propped up? Propped up on a big lie. And everybody was in on it. This is a, this is a letter from the Clinton campaign, December 12, 2016. So they lose the election in November. Then here comes this fake Russian interference story promoted by Obama. Then there's the full-scale investigation, but it's, it's got to be quick. It's got to happen in just a matter of weeks. We've got to get all of this wrapped up before Trump is inaugurated. And then here comes the Hillary campaign. December 12, letter from the Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta requesting an, an intelligence briefing for the electors of the electoral co- Were they trying to disrupt the certification of the election? Yes, they were. It says here, electors have a solemn responsibility under the Constitution, and we support their efforts to have their questions addressed. They can't be addressed in 2020. If that happens, it's an insurrection. You see here how in almost every single detail, 
what they project upon the Trump campaign or the Trump supporters or Donald Trump himself is exactly what they're doing. It's exactly what they're guilty of. It says here they have the right to know these electors. I mean, they've got to know before certification in case they, they change. They change their minds or there need to be alternate electors. It says here, we now know that the CIA has determined Russia's interference in our elections was for the purpose of electing Donald Trump. This should distress every American. Now, now the Washington Post has finally, they have finally admitted six years later there, there was no truth to that. But this is the Clinton campaign. This is John Podesta saying that we've got to get information to the electors before the certification. This Russian interference propaganda, as I say, it was used as a pretext to take over social media, big tech, and to trigger this, this unlawful, this lawless investigation into all things Trump, to say nothing of the spying and everything else. Do you think Obama had the, uh, the DOJ and the FBI thoroughly weaponized by this point? He sure did. He was using these agencies to harass, to persecute, to undermine, to interfere in the, uh, the, the presidency of Donald Trump. I mentioned this article by Lee Smith from uh, last week. It says here, in fact, the FBI's penetration of Twitter constituted just one part of a much larger intelligence operation, one in which the Bureau offshored the machinery it used to interfere in the 2016 election and embedded it within the private sector. It says here, Musk has done more in two months to bring to light crimes committed by U.S. officials than Will William Barr and John Durham did during their three-year investigation of the FBI's election interference activities during the 2016 election. Pretty sad. What few understand or understood was that the issue wasn't just the 2016 election, but the 2020 vote, too. It says here, the Republican Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, the ultimate DOJ insider, knew the FBI was working to fix the 2020 election and did nothing to stop it. He knew. He knew. He was the chief law enforcement agent in the nation, and he knew that they were sitting on Hunter's laptop, covering up those crimes, even as they were bullying big tech into censoring certain messages and promoting propaganda. It seems Barr's contempt for the president he served blinded him, along with the class of people to which he belongs, Democrats and Republicans alike, to an essential fact, a whole of society industry designed to shape elections and censor, propagandize, and spy on Americans was never simply a weapon to harm Donald Trump. It was designed to replace the republic. It was designed to bring down the government. It was designed to empower the communists. This is why, as I said at the top, you'd like to see You'd like to see some of those commentators just take it one, two, three steps further and connect all of the dots. Lee Smith was recently interviewed about this piece that he had at Tablet last week. Listen to what he had to say, clip eight. 
I mean, the, the public-private consortium, I mean, that really starts with, um, well, we're, we have a long history here because what, what we see, the different things, which I don't really get into, what happened in the George W. Bush administration, but that's where we saw, um, that's where we saw a lot of these, uh, well, that's where we saw the, the, the efforts of the of the deep state or the administrative state under cover of counterterrorism uh, really uh, uh, acquire a whole bunch of powers that have been turned against the American public. And look, I say someone who's been on the since 9-11 has been you know, right leaning uh, since then, certainly. I mean, the people on the left who were saying these, the Patriot Act, all these other things are going to come back. It's inevitable that they're going to be used against Americans. People like Glenn Greenwald, they were right, and I was wrong. And um, I was, you know, but we all had, we, I, I mean, many of us share this idea that, well, the government would never <laughs> dream of doing such things. That's Lee Smith from uh, an interview earlier this week, and he's commenting on this article that he wrote. At, uh, at Tablet, going back even to the Patriot Act following the attack on 9-11. And those who sounded the alarm then, in the early 2000s, he mentions Glenn Greenwald, saying that, look, they're using these tremendous powers to go after terrorists abroad, but what happens when those powers can be turned on your political enemies at home? And that's what's happened. And it's been, a, in, some, in some ways, a slow-motion process I'm sure it was going pretty quickly behind the scenes during the Obama years. But look at where we are today. Play one more clip from that interview, clip 13. All these people are in on it, right? And they've been on it from the beginning. So going forward, I think it's a very important thing to look at these different groupings and to understand the sociology. But because what we take as... Um, criminal behavior what we look at as abuses of power they see as part of the privileges and prerogatives of being part of a wonderful important american institution known as the department of justice <laughs> and so that's the problem isn't it every, problem. everyone outside they just don't get how important the work we do here is at the Department of Justice. And it's so important that they can't do it themselves and they need to loop in non-governmental organizations to skirt the rules because their mission is so just. Everyone wants to be a part of this righteous mission about shutting down these morons outside of the Department of Justice who just don't get what we're doing here, and they just don't get where the country is heading. I know these are toxic. These are toxic people. These are absolutely toxic, horrible people. And you know the the, tra the horrible thing. I'm not going to say tragedy, but the more insight, the more depth we get on this, it's like. You know, we, we weren't just counting on people like Barr and Durham. We were expecting somehow at the center of this system, not that it was self-correcting, but that there was some sort of interesting, to, some sort of interest to preserve at least for one's own honor and one's own sense of dignity, the in integrity of these places. But of, of course, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. You know, people had high hopes for Bill Barr to come in there and uh, clean house. Instead, he surrendered. He surrendered to these lawless forces and covered up the Biden crimes and uh, promoted propaganda and uh, censored free speech.
in the United States of America. They, they turn these powers on the American people. The Twitter files, as I say, is revealed so much more, as Lee Smith brings out in his article. I mean, Musk has done more just in two, three months than any of these DOJ leaders or FBI leaders have done in years. This is from an article uh, by Joy Pullman on what, what Spygate tells us about Google, Facebook, and, and Twitter, the Twitter files. There will be plenty of points of crossover between these developing investigations and the crossfire hurricane operation that began in 2015 among U.S. intelligence agencies to deny voters the fruits of electing Donald Trump. Listen to this. Talk about connecting dots. One immediately apparent is that the attorneys general big tech lawsuit and Twitter files evidence are showing Democrats use the same process against Trump in 2020 that they falsely claimed he used to win in 2016. He had all this this help from Russia to rig the election. And now we know from the Washington Post that was a hoax. But as this author brings out here, they used the same process against Trump in 2020. They're guilty of the very thing they accused Donald Trump of. It says, even before the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton and other Democrat operatives planted the media narrative that Trump was colluding with Russia to steal the election. Yeah, who can forget the DNC hack? And then the authorities come in and the DNC doesn't really want any kind of forensic investigation because they hacked themselves. And they wanted to blame it on Russia. We were hacked by Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Why does Donald Trump talk about reaching out to Putin? And then, then Donald Trump shocks Clinton and wins the, the election. And here comes Obama. I mean, the Russian narrative was already in full motion. And wouldn't you know it, after a secretive, CIA assessment, we learned that Russia interfered to help Donald Trump win. And it's taken six years for the Washington Post. And they were out front promoting that lie. But it's taken them six years to finally come around and say, yeah, that that really wasn't true. But look at what what it propped up, that Trump-Russia collusion hoax, together with the dossier. And then all of the illegal, unconstitutional, lawless activity, the criminal activity, coming right out of the deep state. I mean, a real sickness, head to toe, like uh, Prophet Isaiah says. You look at, uh, speaking of being guilty of what you accuse, look at the big revelation yesterday from CBS on uh, Joe Biden and all of the secret, top secret classified documents He's had in his office at one of his think tanks, totally unsecure. And uh, it's there, I guess, at the University of Pennsylvania. They're, They're getting all these huge donations coming in from China, by the way. What is going on? And, and wasn't it like two seconds ago when the talking heads, they were hyperventilating over the fact that the Mar-a-Lago raid wouldn't have happened if it wasn't so deadly serious? Oh, yeah, there's nuclear codes in there. I, I can't understand why Donald Trump is not in prison already. I mean, listen to Joe Biden himself respond to those, you know, those secret documents that included napkins and mementos. 
It was at Mar-a-Lago. And like every other president before him, Donald Trump was negotiating with the National Archives as to what needed to be returned and what he could keep. But here comes the feds in August, I believe it was, early August of last year, and they raid Mar-a-Lago. They're there for eight, nine hours. They're leaking these pictures of files on the floor. I mean, it says top secret or classify, whatever it said. And then you have the special counsel appointed soon after. I mean, we've got to get to the bottom of this. This is serious. Today, top secret documents in the hands of a former president. In this case, it's the current president. And he took the documents when he was a vice president. And a vice president has, an, has no power to declassify anything. So the media has gone silent this morning. The, uh, suddenly, it's not so serious. Or, or if they do want to talk about it, they just want you to know this. Look, what Donald Trump did is much more serious. What Joe Biden did, you know, maybe he forgot. Maybe, maybe he had a, you know, a senior moment. And he just left them over at the University of Pennsylvania for six years. Listen to the way Biden reacted to the supposedly top secret documents that Trump stole from the White House. This was back in August uh, of last year, clip three. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? looking at that image. How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. These people, I mean, you, you wonder if, I don't see how that this doesn't undermine the special counsel's investigation into Donald Trump. Well, hang on a second. We've got a sitting president, a fake one at that. But he did it. And what are those documents? That would be really interesting to know. Why would, if he was vice president at the time, what documents would he prefer that, that, that they would be in his control? Particularly when you think about what's on Hunter's laptop. And then these massive donations coming in from the CCP, or at least from China. This is from Donald Trump on Truth Social. When's the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? When's that coming, Merrick Garland? Listen to the talking heads, as I say. Judge for yourself. Look at their reaction from August of last year. Once they knew, I mean, once they knew the FBI was there, to raid Melania's closet, then they told you it has to be so serious. I mean, this is really serious. Clip number 19. I don't think this Department of Justice is going to do something like this symbolically or simply to right. send a message um, that might be understandable. But This is literally unprecedented. It hasn't happened. We have never searched the home of a former president. And we only did it because we had probable cause to believe that a crime had been committed. It just sends the message that there is no person in this country who's above the law. And I think the message uh, that it sends uh, is really important that 
even the former president of the United States can be held accountable and should be and will be. Law and what it signifies to me, the news yesterday, is the Justice Department is returning to its historical position as a law enforcement agency above politics, trying to do the right thing and enforce the laws when they're violated. How big of a moment is this? Is this a moment we are all going to remember? Yes, we're all going to remember being together on this night because this is a night where you are going to remember where you were. Tonight's news that the FBI has raided the home of the immediate past president of the United States. It feels both astonishing and sort of inevitable in equal measure. The documents also included information about, we don't know which, an ally or an adversary's mm -hmm. nuclear program. I cannot tell you how terrifying that is. My top-level expert legal analysis of the affidavit is, why ain't this dude in jail? Like, what does this man have to do to go to jail? Mar-a-Lago is, is nothing more than just a front for a criminal enterprise designed to undermine democracy worldwide. And so there they go. You know, what's what's interesting, well, just approaching, seeing the way the media approach this story now, if you have that image of CNN, you can see where they're comparing Joe Biden and what he did and Donald Trump. Uh, only 12 documents in Biden's case, so it's not so much as what Donald Trump had, 160 of whatever, the napkins, the mementos. But notice it says some were top secret. In Trump's case, 60 top secret. Uh, in Biden's case, he's cooperating. <laughs> he's cooperating. The feds knew about this on November 2nd, just before the midterms. They sat on it just until after. The Republicans had their first day of work yesterday, okay? And then we heard on that same day, oh, by the way, uh, Joe Biden's been, uh, he's been sitting on a stash of classified documents as well. But according to the media, according to CNN, he's cooperating and Trump is under investigation for obstruction. Here, here, Donald Trump was inviting the feds into Mar-a-Lago multiple times. So this is the way they, this is the way they cover, this is what passes for news. Here they are exposed again. And wouldn't you like to be able to dig a little bit deeper into these classified documents at the Biden Center on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania. This was from the New York Post this morning. A government watchdog is demanding the U.S. attorney probing Hunter Biden in Delaware investigate tens of millions in anonymous donations from China to the University of Pennsylvania, where an academic center is named for his father, President Biden. You think about all of the criminal connections between the Biden family and China, the CCP, Ukraine, all the influence peddling, the bribery perhaps. They were calling Matt Gates because he was in the news last week so much. All of these commentators, talking heads, were saying the alleged child sex trafficker. They just go on. Once they smear you, a few months, a few months ago, and if, if it's disproven... There's no charges. They continue with the smear, the smear campaign. They say he's, he could be a child sex trafficker. Meanwhile, you've got this. You've got the laptop. You've got the president of the United States. You've got him taking documents out of the White House under Obama's watch, I guess. 
doesn't have authority to declassify. It really is appalling when you think about the, the double standard here. It says the Ivy League College raked in a total of $54.6 million from 2014 through June 2019 in donations from China, including $23 million in anonymous gifts starting in 2016, according to public records. All of these anonymous gifts coming from China? Tens of millions of dollars? You know who else was taking in millions of dollars from China? That would be the Biden family. And, and then Hillary Clinton, to hear her there talking about how sensitive the, the Trump documents are? When she set up her own server and was having all of these communications with people donating to the Clinton Foundation? There's a sickness that runs through and through. Head to toe, says Isaiah 1. I mean, what you're seeing here, like, like Revelation 2.24 says, is the depths of the devil, the depths of Satan, Layer upon layer of lies. You go back far enough, there's the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. I mean, that was in full motion in the summer of 2016, but Struck and Page said, look, still, there's no way. There's no way Trump can win. A million to one. No way. And then he wins. And then he wins. Those, those swing states in the Rust Belt, they didn't quite have the cheating machines in, in full motion yet. So Obama unleashes this attack. This bold, audacious attack propped up on nothing but pure lies. Russia, Russia was the one that brought him across the finish line. Couldn't have won without Putin. And then they were off and running. It says here, most of the, the anonymous donations came after the university announced in February 2017 that it would create the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, Joe Biden, whose term as vice president had just ended, was the lead, the center, was to lead the center and was to also, uh, was also named a professor at the university. And then also he took some classified documents and just set it into his office. Unsecure, unguarded, who knows what's on them? But CNN tells us that this is not very serious. What happened in August, very serious, very, very serious. Can I read this again? And just try to process it. It's from the New York Post. Most of the anonymous donations came after the university, Pennsylvania, announced in February 2017 that it would create the Penn-Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. And Joe Biden, whose term as vice president had just ended, was to lead the center. And he's also made an honorary professor. Everybody benefits. Everybody lines their pockets, including the University of Pennsylvania. Sundance. He, uh, he speculates at his, his uh, blog that it might be the, the Justice Department knows it has nothing on uh, Donald Trump with respect to the napkins and the mementos. And so in a in a fake way to show that it's, you know, we're just being completely objective here. We didn't press any charges with Donald Trump over here. And, you know, it's not really serious with Joe Biden over here. Perhaps sometime we'll, we'll get access to those 12 documents, whatever it is, that Biden uh, took to his new center started by the University of Penn, even as all these donations were coming in from China. That doesn't sound fishy at all, does it? We have an article at the Trumpet today 
about this, classified documents, this, this uh, stack of documents in Joe Biden's office at that uh, think tank, says here, this is from the Trumpet.com, Attorney General Merrick Garland has had no choice but to launch an investigation. He did it quietly, didn't announce it until, you know, after the midterm elections, until after the Republicans gained control of the House. It says, but only reluctantly after the midterm elections, an entire month after the discovery, and in a, in a way most convenient for Joe Biden. The nature of the coverage around it shows just how reluctant the Department of Justice and the media are to treat Biden as they did Trump. Never mind the fact that there's no mention of Barack Obama at all. The radical left's hypocrisy is on full display. And then the article mentions mentions that verse I just mentioned, Revelation 2 and verse 24, speaking of the depths of Satan. Make sure if you, if you don't have a copy just yet of America Under Attack, uh, call our operators today and request your free copy. There's no cost, no obligation. The 800 number is one 930 This article says, finally, all roads lead to Barack Obama. It is his influence over Washington agencies that is dictating the way these revelations are handled. It says, but with Republicans now controlling the House, a great deal of corruption could be exposed very soon. And you have to give those Republicans some credit. They got in there yesterday. They approved the 55 pages of House rules, the ones that the hardliners were demanding. They wanted change, and they got it. They got it. I think there were only two Republicans that were either didn't vote for it or was not present in the case of Crenshaw from Texas. But most of them were on board. Then later on in the night, I mean, this happened late last night, they basically repealed the funding for the IRS. You know, the Joe Obama people that wanted to give the IRS $70, $80 billion so that they could hire something like seventy or 80,000 new IRS agents to come after you, the middle class Americans in the United States. Listen to this exchange from the House last night. This is Kevin McCarthy in his new role as the Speaker, clip two. The yeas are 221 and the nays are 210. The bill is passed. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. <laughs> Promise is made. 221. I think they, they only have 222. So everyone's on board. First day of work, fairly productive. I mentioned yesterday this, uh, this committee that's going to look into the weaponization of the FBI. That's a pretty significant development. This is another thing that the hardliners were demanding. And like we bring out in the end of that Trumpet article that I just quoted to you, with Republicans now controlling the House, a great deal of this corruption is being exposed. I mean, look at what was exposed yesterday about, uh, about Joe Biden and his classified documents problem. Look at what, look at what uh, the Washington Post exposed about themselves, about Joe Obama. The Trump-Russia collusion hoax. They admit six years on, yeah, it was a hoax. It was a lie. It didn't affect the election. It was, it was hyped. This is from the New York Times. House Republicans preparing broad inquiry into FBI and security agencies. It says here the panel would be overseen by, and keep in mind, this was brought on by those 20 hardliners 
the hardliners that some in their own party, like Crenshaw, were calling terrorists. He was there calling Jim Jordan. Well, Jim Jordan wasn't even among the 20. But he was calling Gates and Boebert and those ones terrorists. If only these people, some of them, would fight the communist left like they fight some in their own party. Were it not for these so-called terrorists, there would be no investigation or no investigative committee looking into the FBI. It says here, the panel would be overseen by Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, who is also poised to become the Judiciary Committee's chairman. It remains to be seen who else Speaker McCarthy who made numerous concessions to the far-right faction of his party to win the speakership, will put on it. It says, in a Fox News interview on Friday evening, Representative Chip Roy of Texas, a lead negotiator for hard-right for hard lawmakers who pushed Mr. McCarthy's team for concessions, portrayed the panel as part of the agreement they struck for their support. You've got to have this panel, you've got to have this committee, or we're not going to back you. We're, going, we're not going to back you in your run for speaker. And so we have, we, now we have this. Now Lee Smith says, look, they're going to have to have some courage because look at the way they went after Devin Nunes when he was exposing the fraud of the Mueller investigation. When he was exposing the fraud of all these committee members like Adam Schiff that would just lie with impunity. Lee Smith says Jim Jordan, better, he better brace himself because the, the radical left, the communist left, they're not going to take this lying down. It says in the New York Times, we will hold the swamp accountable from the withdrawal of, of Afghanistan to the origins of COVID to the weaponization of the FBI, Mr. McCarthy said in his first remarks as speaker early Saturday. He sounded, he sounded pretty conservative. He's been known to be a political chameleon. Uh, right now, at the moment, he's on the conservative side. He says, let me be very clear. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena to get the job done. Well, they used the power of the purse last night. They withdrew that funding for the IRS, which was meant to harass ordinary Americans. They weren't going to go after big corporations or Wall Street or anything like that. Joe Obama had made it clear, no, we don't want to go after them. We want to go after the ordinary Americans. And Democrats in the House last night admitted as much with the, the wrangling over this particular repeal. It says here, the text of the resolution establishing the subcommittee would give the panel essentially open-ended jurisdiction to scrutinize any issue related to civil liberties or to examine how any agency of the federal government has collected, analyzed, and used information about Americans, including ongoing criminal investigations. And from what I understand, this committee is backed with quite a lot of money so there's some resources there to actually uncover corruption. We'll see if they have the stomach for it. Finally, it says in the New York Times, the Justice Department has traditionally resisted making information about open criminal investigations available to Congress, suggesting that legal and political fights over subpoenas and executive privilege are most likely looming. They'll, they'll do everything that they can to keep investigations open so that they can get up before the committee and say, well, I can't reveal sources or methods. It's an ongoing investigation. So as I say, they're in for a fight. But this is a fight worth having, exposing all of this lawlessness, exposing all of this sickness, and even going back to root causes, cause and effect. 
Look at what was used as a pretext from, from the very beginning, not even long after Donald Trump came down the escalator. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia hacked the DNC. Russia, they meddled in the election right after Obama said it's not possible because Hillary's got it. It's in the bag. And then the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Russia didn't just meddle. They interfered to help Donald Trump win. Donald Trump wouldn't have won without him. And that was used as a pretext, not just to unleash the powers of the deep state on the Trump administration. It was used as a pretext to take over, essentially to take over big tech, or at least to take over the, the police, those that policed the social media postings at Facebook and, and Twitter. And we now know this because of the, the Twitter files, as I say, America Under Attack. This book just came out in August. It's already being expanded. There's just so much more to tell you about. And we're trying to keep up with it ourselves on this program. But if you haven't uh, requested your free copy as yet, call our operators, the 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. We've got 60 seconds left. Some emails. You can email the show. Email the program with feedback, tdatthetrumpet.com. This one here says, very succinctly, stick with the beard although the stash is a fun change. Appreciate that. Another one writes, I'm writing to you from South Africa. I enjoy your programs immensely. I've been a coworker of the work since Herbert Armstrong, followed the great falling away and the subsequent raising of the ruins. I absolutely agree with your take on the vaccines. They're snake poison in a syringe, slow killers designed and planned for the last uh, possibly 20 to 30 years. Another one here, quickly. It says, the shows are getting more and more powerful lately, so much so that I found myself re-watching the Bible study portions sometimes more than twice, especially Thursday and Friday's episodes. The evil builds in this world. So does the power of God's message going out. Thank you for your hard work and services. As I say, if you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at TD at the Trumpet. Dot com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>